0: you're ready for God's Word as we all are. I want to ask you to bow your heads. God, thank you so much this morning. Thank you for your Word. thank you for your church. Thank you that we can gather together and just get into your Word, learn more about you, get closer to you, God. I can't do this without you, Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to help me to speak. Help me to make knowledge acceptable and applicable to our everyday lives. God, I'm believing today that your Word, as it promises, will do what it's sent forth to do. It will change our way of thinking to your way of thinking. It will not return to us void. And you will confirm it in our lives with signs and wonders. I believe that today. I also pray for our country today. This incredible country called Canada. Right from federal governments down to... Municipal simple governments and everybody in between, everybody that's in charge of people. God, I pray for our leaders today. I pray, God, that they would get a heart after you to lead this country down this incredible prosperous road, God. And if not, God, I would ask that you would put leaders in place that have a heart after you. We declare this country a godly country, a prosperous country, a peaceful country. In Jesus' name, and everybody in agreement said, amen, amen. Well, It was exactly a year ago on Sunday where I stood up here um, a week after we had the saddest day of our church history. And some of you might remember I stood up here with two flags. I had a checkered flag in one hand and a green flag in the other hand. And I spoke a message called, We've Barely Just Begun. Well, at the end of my message I took the checkered flag And I threw it away, and I waved the green flag. And I'll never forget, many of you stood up and cheered because we were still on the track as a church. And the last year has been a testimony to that. The last year has been a testimony to how we collectively as a church in the hardest of times trusted Him. Trusted him at a level where many thought, it's over. I'm talking many outside these walls, but not you. We developed a trust in the last year that God's got this. That God's going to take this church into the stratosphere. And we've seen just that in the last year because of a trust in God. I want to teach you, I want to talk about two words today that I want you to hear Every time you're anxious every time you're fearful every time you're worried every time you get into trouble I want you to hear these two words right out of the lips of God and those words are trust me trust me trust me Trust me every believer needs to have that where every time because you will go through struggles in life You will go through issues in life life just throws you curveballs from every side That's just life. How many of you have trust issues? do raise your hand. Many of you have. You have trust issues. You have a hard time trusting people. Many times legitimately so, because you've been let down. You've been a, a, abused by someone that you're supposed to be able to trust. And they've just betrayed that trust. And so we, we develop these trust issues in people. And that's actually not a bad thing. You know, I, I'm not the most trusting thing when it comes to, you have to earn my trust. You know, especially someone that's already broken that trust over and over and over again. It happens in homes and families and workplaces, between business partners, where, where trust gets destroyed. And you have to build it again. You have to build it again. People will let you down. Sometimes the people closest to you, they will not always meet your expectations. But there's two things. There's two things that I'm totally convinced of. Number one, God has an incredible plan for my life. Incredible plan. Massive plan. Massive plan. And number two, that God can be trusted to do His part. Every time. A hundred percent of the time. It took me a long time to figure that out. It took me almost half my life to figure that out. That there's a God available to me. Available to me. He was always there. But I didn't make him available to me that will take my life and show me his plan day by day precept upon precept He would show me his plan and his plan will be bigger than me In fact, it will be way bigger than me and I will need him in my everyday life to do his plan in my life It took me so long to figure that out when I rededicated my life in 1996 and I said God I've wasted enough years of my life I'm like that's it since then, I've been running for God. I've missed Him over and over again. But I've been trying to, in my whole life to develop a trust in Him, to try and fast forward my life in order to catch up on God's incredible plan for me. I want to spend the rest of my life making sure I don't miss one more day. I'll never get those years back. But I can certainly make the remaining ones count for Him. But that will take a whole other level of trust. A whole other level of trust. Some of you are kind of in the middle of your life right now, and, and you've maybe just come to Jesus. And you're like, oh, man, you look back. I'm going to ask you not to do that. I'm going to ask you to look forward because God's plan, God's plan for your life is still big. You may have missed a portion of it. You may have missed a few chapters of your book. Like Pastor Leon talked last week. But the future chapters are incredible, and they're huge, and they're Big. I'll never go to get those back, but my striving, striving to do better with the rest of my life, and I will have to trust God at a whole other level in order to fulfill that purpose and that plan He has for my life. I'll never forget the day when I know, when I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I was working a full-time job, five, sometimes six days a week, making money, had a home, had a car, had a boat, had all this material stuff. And I showed up in the north end of Winnipeg on a, on a Saturday morning one day. And, and I felt something inside of me that was bigger than me. And I ran into a whole bunch of kids and teenagers and adults that were struggling. We started a ministry down there. And I'm like, I want to be here more. I would show up on days off, on Saturdays, on evenings and weekends when we did stuff. In those days, we just had a little stuff going on down there. Now we have a full-blown church with all kinds of incredible stuff going on. But I remember those days. I remember sitting at my job that I had learned to hate because I knew there was a bigger picture. I didn't have any means. I'm looking around to see what else I could do that would free up my time. I couldn't find anything. And I heard God say just, I want you there. I remember when I gave my two weeks notice, the most terrifying two weeks of my life. Walked into the boss's office and said, I'm leaving. They already knew what I did. They respected me for it and in my spare time on weekends and go to the north end of Winnipeg and do street ministry and do all this stuff. And, and I remember those two weeks, I had no job. The church wasn't hiring in those days. The budget wasn't there for that yet. We weren't at that place where we needed another full-time person. And I remember crying out to God and says, God, I feel with every fiber in me that that is you that's calling me. I developed a trust in those two weeks that to this day, I've never relinquished because God showed up in a way I cannot imagine. I've said this before. It was like standing on top of a diving board, and God said, jump. And I looked down into an empty pool, and it was those, you know, those 10-meter towers in the Olympics? Way up, this massive empty pool, and God said, jump. Oh God, the pool's empty. I need to fill the pool in order for me to jump. And as sure as I'm sitting here, I felt God impress on me. Just trust me to fill that up on the way down and keep filling it up for the rest of your life. Just trust me. And I remember jumping off that diving board only to find out that God had already lined up people in my world that I, many of them, I didn't even know. That would put tires on my car for free, would do brake jobs for free, would fill my tank for free. For two years this went on, when, I, when, I, when, when my car got towed because I couldn't pay for it, somebody showed up, didn't even know my car got towed, handed me an envelope with the exact cash to pay for, getting my vehicle back and to catch up. All these things got lined up, boom, 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 because I developed a trust. I had no choice. Sometimes you get to a place in your life where you have no more choice to trust God. I was in that place. I had quit my job. I could have gone back. In fact, I know without a shadow of a doubt, they would have hired me in an instant. I was valuable to the company. I was running the whole maintenance department in that shop. I was valuable to them. They would have hired me back in a moment. And I could have got back. I could have got fearful and anxious when the bills were piling up. And all of a sudden, God just lines up. Ways for you to get to where he wants you to be, but it goes with trust and this incredible Unwavering faith and that trust those two words Trust me. Trust me. God will change the very loss of gravity if you trust him enough He will change don't test them But if you have to Jesus had a destination He was done speaking. He had sent his disciples ahead of them. He was in the middle of the lake. They were out there in the middle of the lake. All of a sudden, he's like, I got to go to my people. I got to, that was his destination. That was his call for his life. He just didn't even stop when he hit the lake. He just walked right on the water. God literally defied the loss of gravity so Jesus could walk on the water. What happened with Peter? You know the story, some of you, right? He says, come on out of the boat. Literally, he walked on the water. Why did he, why could he walk on the water at that point? Because he trusted his Savior. His eyes were locked, and he locked his eyes on his Jesus as he's walking towards him. And by the way, there was a storm. There was waves. There was all this stuff going on. He didn't calm the storm. He walked on the water through the storm. He's not like, I mean, calm this first, Peter, then come out of the boat. No, that's not how God operates. God grabs you, through Your storm and you get stronger through the trials of life and Peter stepped out. When did he start sinking? When he looked at the world coming at him and the storm and the waves and crashing and all of a sudden He took his eyes off his Savior and all of a sudden boom he started sinking that happens to us so many times Because the cares of the world are, we, and we start we start sinking into our all old world way of thinking rather than say no, 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 not on my watch I'm going through struggles. I, don't, I can't see the answer, but I can see God's plan and God's picture in my world and see that. And, and the longer I keep my eyes on that, God's going to walk me. He's going to defy. He, he'll, he'll defy, literally, he, the, the, the laws of the universe for it. I'm not making this stuff up. This is Bible. Joshua was called to fight for the children of Israel, to lead the armies to the promised land. Well, one day he runs out of light. His purpose today was to defeat that enemy. He says, God, would you please stop the sun? What did God do? Now, for you people who know better than me, I think it's the earth that revolves around the sun, right? Am I right or wrong? I don't know. Yes? Okay, yes. Teacher, there we go. Um, So he he literally stopped the, 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 the rotation of the earth. So Joshua could fulfill his purpose. What will he do so you can fulfill all of your purpose? Not parts of it, not 90%, 100% of your purpose. That comes with a trust level that you have to build on every single day. God lined up the stars in my life when I learned to trust him unconditionally. And he's still doing that today. I was a single man, just sold out for Jesus. You know, every moment on the streets of our city, I was in a place in my life where I was just, I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life, even if I do it alone. God had a different plan. He brought the most beautiful wife into my world and the most beautiful kids into my world because God's plan is always bigger and better than ours. I was willing to give all of that stuff up, but I trusted Him to know better. And here He goes. I have the best kids, by the way, for all you parents. <laughs> this pulpit is no accident. That's why I honor it so much. I get overwhelmed. When I look at how much God trusts me now. It's a mutual thing. And God trusts me now with this right here. And you never want to take that for granted ever in my life. But that stuff only comes with this incredible trust in my God. In Psalm 50 verse 14 in the Living Bible it says, I want you to trust me. In your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory some of the other um, versions of the Bible talk about they don't use the word trust they use the word come to me when you're in trouble come to me come to me come to me the burdens who are meant to carry are not all bad we look at burdens and the word burden simply means weight look it up in a dictionary it does mean some other things but some of the things just it's just it's just a, a weight on your on your shoulders it's just weight Some of the things we're meant to carry like like your business your home going through school all these things those are burdens But they're they're good burdens. They're burdens that take you to your destiny Can you show me the first picture of life? This is what life looks like for humans The believer and the unbeliever Now some of these things are really bad, but some are not responsibilities uh, school You know, money, family, relationships, all these things, these are all things that weigh us down every single day or can weigh you down every single day. You choose. You choose whether you let the things of life, whatever happens in your world, weigh you down or make you strong. How many of you believe God's plan for you is massive? Huge. It's massive. How many of you know you will need Him to pull it off? You will need him not just every now and then, but constantly. God's plan for your life is not a straight line. It's more what this looks like. Show me the other one. This is what it looks like. It's a climb. It's going through storms, going through days that 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 like that, that the world just throws at you. It's that's that's the kind of 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 path. Let you go to your destiny. And by the way, your destiny is only finished when you die. For those of you who reached a good place in your life right now and you're like happy where you're at, you don't need God anymore to be where you're at. I'm sorry. If you're, if you're grown your business to a certain level and you're, you're successful, you're doing all that, hey, you can pray, thank God, praise God, worship God every day for it, and please do, but he's got another level for you. Maybe you've made all you want, all you need for your home, your family, your future, and your kids are set up for life. And an inheritance that you're leaving them, then just try to transfer it into the kingdom of God. That's that kind of, of, of incredible plan and picture I'm talking about. That every believer is born with and every unbeliever is born with a big plan. Everyone. David was a man after God's own heart. And he knew his God. He knew his God because he spent incredible amounts of time with him, not just running to him every time he's in trouble. Why? Because he had a level of trust that was very rare in believers today. It's very rare. He knew that without God, he couldn't possibly fulfill his destiny. He couldn't possibly do that. If there's a chapter that I believe every believer needs to memorize, it's Psalm 23. Many of you know this chapter. There's songs written in this chapter. Psalm 23, as David speaks, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Just these two lines alone tell me so much about David. He's like, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I need. If I have him as my shepherd, I'm good to go. If I have him as my shepherd, that's all I need to fulfill my destiny, to fulfill his big plan for my life. I have all I need. In verse 2, he says, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name, even when I walk through the darkest valleys. Even when I will not be afraid. For what? You are with me. You are close beside me. Your rod, your staff, they protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me. When? When you're in trouble. All the days of my life all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That is an incredible promise. You can hang your hat on. You can literally trust in that. Every time something happens, quote that back to yourself and see what fits within that chapter, and you'll find it every single time. Psalm 91 is another chapter that I believe believers need to know and memorize so you can go to it. When, when, when you when you look at the, what the world is throwing at you, and I've just pulled one verse out of it, and Psalm 91, it says, this I declare. Of the Lord he alone is my refuge my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him I trust him. That's David speaking Now James Teaches you what not to do in James 1 5. First of all, he says if you need wisdom Wisdom where in every area of your life wisdom in your home, wisdom to raise your kids, wisdom in your marriage, wisdom in your business, wisdom as, as you go about your job, wisdom every day of your life. He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will. Not He may, not He might, not because you messed up this week. No, He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but and this is a really big button in the Bible, literally a big but. He says, but when you ask him, be sure, be sure that your faith, faith and trust, faith and, or trust is in God alone. Do not waver. Your trust can't waver in and out. It can't do that. You have to have this tenacious trust when you don't see the answer to what you believe in God for. You have to trust and your faith has to be there and stay there. The Bible says do not waver. Do not waver. For what? For a person with divided loyalties is as unsettled as a wave of the sea. It's blown and tossed by the wind. The wind of what? The wind of everything the world throws at you every single day. It says such people should not expect actually to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they're unstable in everything they do. That's a hard word. That's a hard word. A hard word. What is he talking about between God and the world? I think it means we make our circumstances bigger than our God. When the world throws some stuff at you. By the world, I mean just the stuff, everyday thing. You know, the anxiety and the stuff that comes at you. Something happens in your home, your family, your finances, your health. All this stuff that happens to everybody. It says their loyalty is divided between God and the world. They're unstable. It's not up to God to make you stable. It's up to you. And it's your trust you develop in Him that will do that. There's nothing you will face in your life that is bigger than your God. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's a statement that you hear throughout You know, the years. And it's a statement that goes, God doesn't give me more than I can handle. He will never give me more than I can handle. That's not true. If God only gives you what you can handle, you don't need him. True? You just don't need him. I'm good. I'm, I'm strong enough for this. I'm fine. I'm good. No. You were meant and called. And the purpose of God in your life is way bigger than you can handle on your own way bigger he helps us handle what you're given he helps us handle what he already planned for your life god has never given you more than you can handle unless you try to handle it on your own by yourself throughout the bible people were handed impossible tasks you study the heroes of the bible the davids who slew this monster giant because he trusted in god moses who went back to where 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 he where he had to flee because they wanted to kill him and and faced the most powerful man in the world and said, let my people go, because he trusted in God. Daniel, who was thrown in a lion's den because he refused to stop praying to his incredible God. The three men that were thrown into the fire because they would not bow down to anybody but their God. Those are the things I'm talking about. Those are the things that, that, that are in every believer to do. God won't be giving me anything I can't handle. They could have said that. And just I'm just hanging on right here. I'll just bow this one time. No That's an that unwavering faith that unwavering trust God's plan is bigger than you alone. The load you carry to your destiny is much bigger than you can carry yourself That's why Jesus said in Matthew 11:28. 28 It says then Jesus said come to me all who all of you all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble, I'm gentle, and you will find rest for your souls. What's he talking about? Your souls, your souls, your emotions, your your fears, your anxiety. That's what he's talking about. You will find rest and peace, knowing that I've got you when you're yoked to me. For you, for my yoke is what it's easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, I'm just going to take all the burden off of you, and you will no longer have that burden in your life. No, he says, take my yoke upon you. The burden I will give you is light. No, who's got the burden? He does. He does. You're still meant to drag it if it's a good burden. I'm not talking about the health and the healing and the stuff we believe for and, and and the things the enemy robs from you I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the things that we we get to everyday life. Your business didn't grow on its own You spend years you made may have gone to school and got degrees in order to do what you do today Those are all the burdens of life. I'm talking about the loads. We carry every single day What's a yoke? I know we don't use that word anymore. I, I, did, I did this message to our inner city youth and I asked, anybody know what a yoke is? They said, yeah, it's the inside of an egg. And I'm like, it's true. Spelled differently, but it is true. So I explained what a yoke was. Back in the Bible, Jesus was talking and he, was, he would use language that he saw and people understood. And back in those days, they had these big wooden uh, things built with, w- w- that they would put over two ox or two horse and they would link them together because they found out that um, one ox can pull a certain amount. Two ox can pull a lot more than just two. It's two, three, four. It's, it's, it's quite a bit. I, I said 10 the other day, but it's not. I actually researched that. It's like three, four times as much. So I'm like, okay, with two oxen, we can pull a lot more. And so they would build these yokes. And Jesus was watching that. And he's like, oh, yeah, you yoke to me. Then we can pull way more than you can pull on your own. And, and that's what he was talking about. Show the, show the first picture, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. This is what a yoke looked like back in the day. They would find two equal as strength animals. They had to be equal in strength. Uh, otherwise, one would pull more than the other. And they would yoke them together, and they would hook their plows or their wagons or whatever else they were pulling. And they would hook them up to these oxen. And they would pull way more than they could by, with only one. And it was interesting that, that, that Jesus used that, uh, that analogy in the Bible because it's what they saw. Okay, well, let me bring that into modern-day uh, uh, mo- modern language um, of what a yoke, I believe, a yoke to Jesus would look like uh, today. Um, show me the other one. Can you guess which one's me? <laughs> it's not the strong one. This is what I see when I look at me being linked to my Jesus. Okay, but together we can pull a full load. Together we can pull whatever we've been meant to pull. This is what I believe it looks like. This is what I believe being linked to Jesus in Matthew 11 in a Message Bible. The verse I, the verse I just read you, it says, are you tired, burned out on religion, worn out, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life I'll show you how to take a real rest, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, learn the unforced rhythms of grace, I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly what's the difference between a believer and someone who doesn't know Jesus They were both born with an incredible plan for their life, both of them. Written by God himself. We learned that from Pastor Leon last week. God's got a book on your life written literally in heaven. It says this is a book on every day of your life. The believer has one, and so does the people who doesn't know. Jesus have it. I brought a contemporary version of a yoke. You guys can bring that to me. Justin, can I borrow Elias for a minute? You gotta get Daddy's permission for this. How you doing, buddy? Do you love Jesus? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I know that. I can see that. Oops. Do you think God has an amazing plan for your life? Do you think it's big? Yes. Think it's bigger than you? Probably. Do you think you'll need Him? You think you'll need him? Let me let me help you with your plan. Can you face that way? Let me show you God's plan for your life. And then you're going to go get it once I show it to you, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. You're too cute. You know that, right? All right, buddy. Your plan is over there. See? I want you to go get it, okay? You got this. Come on. hard, eh? Pretty tough. Daddy, come. Do you love your son? With all my heart. With all your heart. Yeah, I believe that. If he asked you for bread, would you give him a stone? Absolutely not. If he asked you for a burger, would you give him a snake? No. Yeah. (laughs) Where would you find a snake? I don't know. I'd find a snake somewhere. Do you think God has an incredible plan for your boy? 100%. Yeah. And you're willing to do whatever it takes to help him with that, right? Anything. If we can just get this thing on you. All right. Now, Elias, there's your plan. Now I want you to go get it. Same resistance, same pull. What's the difference? He's no longer pulling alone. Now, for you, (laughs) for you who don't know Jesus yet, for you who have never invited Jesus into your life here today, we'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service. You are pulling alone. You have no chance of fulfilling your full God-given purpose without him. But see, many of you who've known Jesus all your life, you're still pulling alone. Your trust level is not where it needs to be. You let the winds of the world take you out over and over and over again. Because your trust level is not where God wants it to be or needs it to be for you to fulfill all of His purpose, not parts of it. You reach certain levels in your life, and the wind starts blowing and the storm starts coming, and you just throw in the towel. I guess this is good. This is my new normal. No, that's not God's plan for your life God's plan is bigger than that. you got to stay connected to him. you got to stay yoked to him Stay is the optimum word here. Stay not just every now and then strap him on Stay every single day of your life. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Just leave it right there Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Listen to me Don't 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 you don't you miss this? Don't you miss this. In Matthew 7, it says, uh, verse 7 to 11, it says, keep on asking. Every time, every time, keep on asking. Not just once. And you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking. Keep on every day. And you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. And here's the verse I was just talking to Justin about. It says, you parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread... Do you give him a stone instead? Or if he asks you for a burger or a fish, do you give him a snake? Of course not. This is Jesus speaking. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? God created you with a destiny in mind. It's a huge destiny. Every day of your life was planned in advance before you were even born. Every day, every single day, to the point that God even wrote it down. Wrote it down. This morning he turned the page. It's a good plan. It's a big plan. It's bigger than you alone. You're going to have to trust God at an incredible level. At an incredible level in order for his plan to become a reality in your life. Not just part of his plan his whole plan all of it The only way to stay on track every day is to stay connected to stay yoked to Jesus Stay there stay there you decide how fast you're gonna get there by how much you trust God you decide You decide We fade in and out of strength so easily as believers happens to me too we fade in and out of strength rather than going from strength to strength. We fade in and out because we get it inoculated on a, on, a, on a Sunday morning. I'm hoping I'm giving you a shot that will take you through tomorrow. And the next day but what about Wednesday and Thursday and Friday until next Sunday many of you because you're not plugged in every single day to this Jesus and you're not connected to him daily 24 hours a day when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night he's just with you all the time that's what I'm talking about and he will lead you in the good times seek Jesus and the bad times, seek Jesus and the just kind of Medium times, seek him, be with him, yoke to him, talk to him all this time. You choose that. It will fast forward your life. I almost called his message fast forward. It will fast forward your life way more than you ever could on your own. God is just waiting for that. Waiting for that. I'm a secret coffee snob. Yes, this is my coffee cup. This is a very special cup. My wife bought this for me about five years ago. It sits in my office every day, and I drink all my coffee out of it. What is special about this coffee? It's got a light on it. This, coffee keeps my, this cup keeps my coffee at the perfect temperature. In fact, I decide the temperature of my coffee with my phone. <laughs> I literally <laughs> open the app. The coffee in this cup right now is hundred and forty-five degrees If that's too hot I can turn it down And it'll go back to 143 or 140 or whatever up or down I decide And my coffee's 145 degrees right now Perfect perfect but after about 35 minutes what this cup was designed to do and manufactured by some geniuses, by the way. For you lukewarm coffee drinkers that drink the same cup every day on your desk, it's not biblical. The <laughs> Bible says when you're lukewarm, you spew you out. I know it's Bible out of context. It's not biblical. Hot coffee. Hot or cold. Iced coffee or hot. That's it for me. That's biblical, right? But after about 35 minutes, this light will turn red and the cup will stop doing what it's meant to do and keep my coffee at 145 degrees temperature, unless. So what I do at our inner city church, I walk around with this cup because I got other things to do. I'm not in the office all day. I'm doing stuff. I'm walking around with my cup. If it turns red, I go back to my office. This thing is plugged into the wall. And on it is two little contacts. And at the bottom of the cup is two little contacts. So while it sits on this thing, it will never deviate from 145 degrees. Ever. You were meant to live your life. Not like this. Now the world will throw you stuff. in your thinking and the way you go through stuff as believers when you're yoked to Jesus He will pull the load when you can't if you trust him at a level if you stay plugged into him Your thinking will be different. Your confidence will be different. Everything about you will be different literally That's what this incredible trust. I'm talking about does to the believer. It's available to everyone 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 that believes in Jesus, you have available to you, available to you, power, strength, wisdom for every area of your life. So you strap it on, and you keep it on, and you stay there every day, and you watch your life move, start moving and fast forward. And you will get to your destination that you're dreaming about planning about many of you know already what you you know God's plan for you is big You decide how fast you get there By how much you trust in this amazing jesus that paid a price so he could be yoked to you 24 hours a day Would you give him that opportunity this week? Just grab a hold of that Would you bow your heads with me god? Thank you for every person under the sound of my voice God, thank you that you are here in this place today. I know you spoke to many hearts I believe you spoke to every heart. I trust you God That your word is powerful It will do what it's sent forth to do because your word promises that And this week we decide to go from strength to strength Not fading in and out of strength anymore. We decided to look to you 24 hours a day to link with you and stay connected to you. Stay yoked to you, Jesus. And you will make our low light. He won't take it away. He'll take us to our destination. It will be much quicker than we can on our own. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around. This is a time in our service that's very special. It's a chance for everyone that doesn't know Jesus to invite him into their life. I want to end in a powerful prayer. It's a prayer so powerful. The Bible says when you pray these words with your mouth and you believe them in your heart, something very special happens. Jesus comes and you become part of God's family. Literally what you're doing is you're letting Jesus into into your world so he can help you pull this load through life. You cannot succeed without him. I'm telling you that. But I can't not force you. Jesus never forces himself into anyone's life. So right from your seat. We don't embarrass anybody in this church. We're not going to ask you to come forward or even stand up. Right from your seat with every head bowed, every eye closed. In a moment we're going to pray as a congregation, all of us together. But if you want to give your life to Jesus today, link with him. Have him throw that yoke on. And so you're no longer running this race alone. I'm gonna ask you to do one thing, just a bold move of faith, and just quickly raise your hand before we pray. Thank you over here. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over there. See that? Thank you. Thank you. It's so bright up here. I don't wanna miss your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. I wanna look on this side. Thank you over here. See that hand? Thank you. Thank you. Awesome you guys are making the best decision of your life if you're feeling down here you're riding right in your stomach Right just kind of this little apprehension. That's just the enemy speaking trying to bring fear into your worlds And now you don't need that no that don't give in to that if you haven't raised your hand and something in you Is telling you to do that just do that before we pray very quickly. We'll look around one more time Thank you, Jesus Wow, thank you over here. See that hand. Thank you. Yes. Thank you Thank you So good, so good, so good. Thank you. All right. If I missed your hand, hey, um, God saw it. That's the important thing. Would you all pray with these wonderful people? Prayer goes like this. Dear God, thank you for loving me so much. You sent Jesus to die for me. Jesus, come into my life. I want to live for you. I want to link to you. I want you to lead me to guide me through life. Today, I'm inviting you to be my Lord and my Savior. In your name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.